Welcome to the Retail Initiative Podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. Uh, this is an interview with Becca Hale Pollock from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, she owns Hale House, a phenomenal brand that honestly is one of the best examples that I've ever seen of a brand that really understands their customer and how to serve them. Uh, so I think that you're going to really enjoy today's episode. Uh, we'll cue the theme. We'll then get straight into it with Becca. I hope that you enjoy it. Uh, and again, if you get any value from this, my one favor is to leave a, a review for this. That's so helpful in helping other people find this. So thanks for tuning in and we'll get straight into the interview. The rules of retail are changing. One by one, corporate retailers are closing their doors and some call it the death of retail. But those rules never apply to independent retailers like us. We're writing our own rules. We're here to answer the questions about how to grow your business, stay competitive, and still have a life. I'm Josh Orr, and this is the Retail Initiative Podcast. All right, so here with me is Becca Pollock. I always want to say Becca Hale, but it's not Hale. You confuse things by making it Hale House. I know. Uh, but uh, Becca, thank you for being here. Hey, Josh. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. So for those that do not know Becca Pollock, which if you're in the retail world, I hope that you do of any retailer. Um, she is one to watch and one to observe. And I, I think that this episode is going to be really valuable for you. Um, but Becca, tell us about uh, Hale House. Tell us about yourself. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I'm Becca and I... I own Hale House here in Fort Worth, Texas. I started my business um, almost 11 years ago now. Um, I started out of an Airstream trailer, and then I moved into a brick and mortar. And um, that brick and mortar was about 450 square feet. And um, after that, I moved to about 1,500 square feet. Um, and it's always been, yeah, brick and mortar after the Airstream. And then um, we expanded in 2020, just more brick and mortar space. And yeah, now we sell online as well. That is incredible. Um, and just so I hope people realize like 400 square feet is like I was, I remember first time I saw you, you were in like 1200 square feet and yeah. like we were like literally like on top of each other in that place. So cut that in half. Um, gosh, I love seeing what Hale House has become. But share a little bit about like where where did you get this idea? Or like what made you open a retail business to begin with? Oh my gosh, I feel like I've just always wanted to own my own boutique, even as a little girl. Like I didn't play house; like I played store. Um, but yeah, I just, I always, um, I worked at a boutique in high school and in college, uh, you know, whenever I was at home from break or in the summers. And um, I moved to Chicago right after I graduated. I went to the University of Arkansas. I got a retail marketing and management degree. And I was just really determined to move to Chicago. And my dad was like, well, that's great, but you have to have a, re you know, a job to go there. I was like, okay. So I did an internship with Nordstrom and I did that the entire summer and um, I quickly learned that corporate retail was just not for me. There wasn't enough work-life balance, especially when I lived in Chicago. I wanted to party and play more than I wanted to work <laughs> at 21. Who can blame me? 
Um, yeah. And so after the internship ended, I had the coolest opportunity. I met this woman at market um, at Chicago Style Max, and this lady was looking for someone to help her with buying and marketing. And I went to interview her at her store or, inter- you know, I went to her store for her to interview me. And I mean, we just clicked. And that was just, I think that was like my real moment of like, okay, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, yeah. So I worked for her. I did marketing and management for three years and that boutique is called Vintage Charm. She's in LaGrange, Illinois. And um, the owner, Nancy, is just like, she's just my mentor in for so many things for uh, retail, but motherhood and all the things. I just, I love them so much. They took me under their wing, but yeah. Just, so- can I just stop? One thing for those listening, if I'm a huge fan of like looking at people that you admire, that you want to be like, and um, Mm -hmm. look at the decisions they've made and how they've gotten there. And and that small bit that Becca just shared, I think is a huge one um, that we can learn from is the importance of mentors. I think sometimes we get this idea of like, we have to figure it out on our own or even like buy online courses or um, do whatever. But sometimes that mentor of just someone who's a few steps ahead of you, and it doesn't right. have to be the Nordstrom CEO. No, it can be that yeah. boutique owner that's three steps ahead. And that's such an important thing. And so um, yeah. I can't tell you, what was the name of the store again? Vintage Charm. Vintage Charm. So we'll find the link to her store. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, so do check them out. They've been a mentor to Becca. And so we want to um, show some love to them as well. But anyway, sorry. So you're working in this awesome store. You have a mentor who helped and supported you. Then yes. what? Yes. So then, um, you know, I'm from Texas originally, and I always told myself, okay, two to three years in Chicago, and then I'm going to, I'm going to move home or that's at least what I had to tell my mama. And so, um, yeah, so I ended up moving back to Texas and my dad bought an Airstream on eBay. And so then I was like, I mean, my dad is also notorious for just buying things that he doesn't need on eBay. But uh, so I just had this grand idea. And that's really when like food trucks just started happening. And, you know, like it was just kind of like this really like weird idea. Like I I remember like when food trucks and all those like, you know, mobile boutiques, like people that was so new, like that was fresh. And did the world almost have a Becca, the food truck owner? Yeah, almost, (laughs) almost. Well, no, I was going to sell cowboy boots and pearl snap shirts. Like that was, that's what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm Texas like that. So uh, yeah, so I moved back and, you know, I really, I started with like vintage items and things like that. Um, And so Tyler, my husband, he would just load up that Airstream full of stuff (laughs) And, um, yeah. And then that was just really, it was a lot of work. I mean, anybody that has a mobile boutique boutique will tell you like it is, it is hard work. I mean, you, it, the hours, the lugging, the towing, the, all the stuff. And so, um, yeah, this retail space became available and, um, yeah, 400 square feet. It had this like gigantic airplane on a pole, um, and I was just so drawn to this because my dad's also a pilot. So is my brother. And um, everybody knew the airplane on a pole. So I knew that if I opened up this store in Fort Worth, nobody knows me. 
but they all know the airplane, right? And so it's that was kind of like why I love this place, not because of the size, but I loved the marketing. I love the the plane on the pole. Yeah. So um, we quickly outgrew that. And uh, yeah, so I found this great corner spot on Camp Bowie here in Fort Worth and been there ever since. Gosh, I love it. And for those that don't know, like I'm from Fort Worth originally and that plane on a pole building, uh, <laughs> which Becca, you're not there anymore, right? No, no. Yeah. But it's an iconic uh, yeah. anyone that's from Fort Worth that knows that street and all of that stuff definitely knows about the building and that's smart. So before we um, move on, because I have some really good questions I want to ask you, yeah. um, I love that you talk about how hard those early days were. Um, and I yeah. know that there are people listening right now that are in that early stage. They launched their site or they launched their store. Um, if you just had that one, let's say you got a DM from someone who's like, hey girl, I just launched, which I'm way too comfortable with the language of boutique world, but like, I'm so like overwhelmed. I just started my store. Like, what do I focus? Like, what do I do? What do I focus on right now? If you had that like little tidbit of advice for that girl, what would it be? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say just stick with it and show up. Um, you know, that was when I think of the days in that little 400 square feet store, like there weren't, there wasn't a ton of foot traffic and, you know, but I, I posted my hours and I told people when I was going to be there. And I mean, my biggest advice would say just stick with it. And yeah. I really, yeah. I think sometimes just actually showing up and doing the things yeah. is enough. <laughs> like you're not going to do it right. And it's, things are going to yes. fail, but eventually you're going to start to stumble on some things that will work. And yes. um, a lot of the people just quit before they could. And you know, I even think of like, you know, I'm big on the online side and coming out of COVID, there were some stores I talked to that like they stayed at the store and they just put everything online. Yeah, It was a terrible theme and it was a terrible site, but who cares? Yeah. They did what they needed to do. And then there were others that were like, no, we're shut down. We can't do it. And yeah. it's like, you know what? Like the people that stuck with it. Right. They made it through. And yeah. I think we can all learn from that. Um, yeah. All right. So you've seen a, a ton of growth over the last 10 years, you know, from the mobile boutique to now expanding really, I guess, twice. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say for those, you know, because we, we're going to talk about social, we're going to talk about e-commerce, but what's been the big piece that's really led to the growth in store for you over the last 10 years? I mean, honestly, it, it's my customer the driving force like this entire time really has just has always been my customer. Um, yeah. I mean, they're the loyal ones that show up every day and, you know, they saw me in that little airstream. They would come and see me on Montgomery street, you know, with the airplane on a pole. And um, you know, those are my loyal customers that still shop with me today. I love it. So one of the things that I think is interesting, um, you have shifted your brand quite a bit. Um, like, how did that affect your customer? Like, did your customers ever change or like, what did that look like? I mean, we did change. I mean, you know, obviously, like we started out with vintage and home and gift and then we went into clothing. But, um, you know, I just tried to find a way to connect with my customers. So it never got lost in translation. So, um, and it was, it wasn't just like overnight that we started carrying clothes. I mean, it was incremental, you know, I mean, it was like, 
we would, you know, bring in more tops, more dresses, and then, you know, slowly get rid of this coaster line and then slowly get rid of another candle line. And, you know, once I saw the, um, the, I, I call it my gravy. Clothing is just, is my gravy because, you know, a candle, yes, like it can, um, you know, it fits everybody, if you will. Like I like the home and gift because it's like, oh, well, it fits everybody. Everybody, it doesn't matter their size or their, you know, whatever, like they can buy a candle or they could buy this jewelry piece. But um, once I really got into clothing, the margin per square footage made so much more sense. And mm. um, I mean, honestly, like my heart is in clothing. I love clothes. Like I, it's just so fun. It's so fun. I mean, I can't like tell you how much I love a candle, you know, by mm-hmm. doing a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If y'all, if you if you do not follow Becca on Instagram, like you Save should, yourself. because don't she, do it. she lives everything that she's saying. She loves clothes. You I are love clothes. Oh, I love clothes. Yes, you're brilliant with that. And I so a thing that is you mentioned the idea that a candle fits everyone, uh-huh. yeah. and sort of it does generally. Generally, mm-hmm. like we all yeah. have a volcano candle candle. Right. In our house. Yes. Every single one of us. Um, But there's something about Hell House that I think is unique. And it's this way that like someone is going to walk into your store and immediately either say like, oh my gosh, like someone made this store literally for me. Or they're going to walk in and have the polar opposite. Like that girl needs to calm down. Like (laughs) I'm, I'm just not quite there yet. Exactly. But, but you you didn't start there. Like, how did that evolve? Like, how did you really understand how to find that person in your perfect right. customer? I mean, I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah. If you walk into my store and I hope you love pink and I hope you like flowers because it, pink and flowers definitely threw up in my store. But, um, but like in the best way possible. Um, but I will go back to Nancy at Vintage Charm. You know, like one of the things that I learned from her that she did so well was create these vignettes around her store. And like one of my favorite things to do with her, she'd come into the store and we would just merchandise together. And, you know, I don't want to lose sight of those candles. We still sell candles at the shop. And I think that's so important um, to have that you know, visual break even between all of the, you know, the textures of the, of the clothing. I like to see some like hard product candles, you know, other fun things that just might inspire you in different ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nancy taught me to display in vignettes and that's just been so fun to create, you know, a baby, like a a small baby section or a bridal section or, you know, whatever these things are, I display for, um, oh, what's the word? Like seasons in my customer's life, you know, that Mm. it's either they're having a baby or maybe their sister or their best friend's having a baby. So they need like a little baby gift. Um, You know, someone's got married. It might've been them. So then, you know, we have a bling brush and, you know, some, I don't know, bridal clothes or a clutch or Um, so that's how I try to speak to them is by the things that I carry, you know, merging the gifts and the clothing to fit their lifestyle. I I feel like Hale House is more of a lifestyle boutique 
I love that. And it really fits because um, that, that's what separates like a dress just being a dress right. to a dress like really fueling like, um, you know, when I teach with Tara Austin from Shop Ruthie Grace, mm-hmm. you know, she talks about it like you're showcasing this like perfect version of an event. Um, and so you're having that baby and how are you going to feel not just about the kid, but about yourself in that time, what you wear and the things around you impact that so much. And a brand that can speak to that is going to be much, much uh, more competitive or better off than right. a brand that just sells a dress. Sure, sure. And it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, like I work with a consultant, too, that helps me do some of my buying and um, like just tells me like how many dollars to put into certain categories. And he'll say, have you looked at your gift business? He's like, it's, I don't even know. I want to say maybe 10% might be too much, honestly. Like it's not much, but like, he know, but like the gift inspires me. And I think that's what also keeps me going, you know, and while I'll never get rid of it. Cause I think that that sets Hale House apart by having, you know, the seasonal and the gift parts, but also like it fuels me in my buying and it gives like, that's like my creative outlet. And so I like to sprinkle that in with the rest. I love it. So you, um, and if you're, if you haven't heard Becca before, you probably are getting the idea. Like she knows what she's talking about, um, especially with brick and mortar. And I love like, even the way you're catching the detail of breaking up, um, you know, just the, the visual element of mm-hmm. merchandising of having different materials in different ways. Um, so brick and mortar is your jam. Yeah. But a few years ago, um, you started to focus more on online. Um, so what was it that made you start to say like, okay, maybe e-commerce really needs to be a part of our next steps? Right. So, I mean, I always wanted a website because I always felt like, oh, a website that makes you legit. You know, <laughs> you got to have a website. But I mean, we honestly... And we would put a few things online here and there, um, but then honestly, COVID hit, and we finally. I told I have you know I had two full time employees at the time, and they're young girls, and you know I had my little girl Mia probably I think four days before the shutdown, and we were all so scared. I mean, I told the girls I was like, "Oh, it's fine. In three months, we'll be fine." They say by June we'll be great, you know. So let's just go in and put everything online, you know, and it was a sink or swim moment for us, um, you know, in, in business. And I think like back to what you said earlier, Josh was like, you know, people use COVID either, you know, as an excuse to, to quit or they used it to propel their business. And I mean, this is my livelihood. This is, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was the girls that work at Hale House, like it's their livelihood. And I mean, I really didn't see any other option. Like I, I didn't even, I'm a, you know, I'm an optimist and like, I didn't even think about quitting. Okay. So a lot of brick and mortar retailers are trying to launch online, but I think like even just finding like where to put energy or where to put effort is so hard, Um, but you've done such a good job of like not trying to do everything, but focusing on the right things. Mm -hmm. How did you decide like where to put all this energy. You have a small team. You don't have unlimited resources to run out and do that, at least not profitably. Um, How have you picked, like even just where to put your energy? Gosh, I mean, we have just put all of our energy into Instagram. 
I mean, that is that is where almost all of our sales come from. Um, so yeah, so doing those booms, doing the the reels, the it's yeah. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I love about Hell House is like I remember when reels first came out. Um, like first off, it was literally like you put something out there and then all of a sudden a million people see it. It was so almost easy at first. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the things that you did so well was you found something that worked for you and then you stuck with it in a really good way. And I think it was a, it was something that didn't have to take as much time as, you know, those complex, like throw a dress on the ground and jump into it and right. whatever else you weren't doing yeah. that stuff. You were doing what worked for you. How did you land on that? And um, yeah, I guess like what has that Instagram growth looked like for you? I mean, it, it's been it's been incredible growth for sure. Um, yeah, I, I would say like the reels. Gosh, I mean, it, I feel like such a goober when I'm dancing and doing that. And but it like you said, like it just works. And I mean, honestly, the other stuff I think is so fun to watch. But like I that takes a lot of time. And I don't have that time. And I've got 30 looks I got to shoot in two days or really I only get one day and I'm like, I just got to make the most of it. And it's like, all right, put that some to some trending music, you know, and um, and I think those dances and those booms were just something that other people weren't doing because they were used to like it being like synchronized, like a TikTok video. So I think it caught their attention. Um but yeah, now do I want to be that girl forever? No. Like, I'm sure people get so sick of her <laughs> dancing around. It's like, yeah, I was telling you earlier, like people, like I'll go out to a restaurant and they're like, oh my gosh, you're that girl. You're dancing. I'm like, oh gosh, that is me. It is. But hey, proud of it, I guess. <laughs> hey, it's working and your business is growing. That's going, right. growing from it. So keep it going. Do you like... At first, were you nervous doing that type of stuff? Yes. I mean, it's, you know, like you just have to be, you just can't care about what people think, you know? I mean, it's like, I'm sure, I'm sure I pop up on people's Instagram feeds and they're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding this girl again? Oh, another stupid dance move. Like, but that's okay. You don't have to watch it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'll think of something creative again, maybe soon. I don't know. But, um, I mean, yeah, sure, I'm nervous, but I mean, that's just part of like, you got to be a little vulnerable. And I think that people relate to that because it's, you know, Instagram is hard. Like, you know, I mean, think about like, yeah, of course I get people that troll my account. Like, oh, you know, and that, and that's mean. And like, there are some, you know, mean trolls out there, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're just so true. Silly. And I would even say that <laughs> most people aren't saying, oh, there's this girl doing those. Like they're not, <laughs> most people don't care. Right. Like right. if they don't like it, they just unfollow. Up. They just yeah. keep going yeah. on their real binge. Yeah, there's exactly. And trolls are trolls. They are what they mm -hmm. are. Um, yeah. But that can be hard. And that, that kind of leads me to the, the next piece. Like, over the last few years, so you now run a, a very successful storefront and a very successful online store. What has been some of like your or one of your biggest challenges over the last, let's even say year? Like what's what's going on right now? Oh, my gosh. I would say um, one of my biggest challenges right now is hiring. 
I mean, I'm sure everybody deals with that, but boy, I mean, we are just trying to, um, we're trying to grow, but you know, like you mentioned Tara earlier from uh, Ruthie Grace, we were texting not too long ago and she was like, my only advice is grow slow. And, you know, I think that is perfect advice in all areas. Like even like if you, if, if you're out there listening and you don't have a website or don't have this or that, like, it's okay. Like Hail House has always been baby steps and don't bite off more than you can chew. Like just do what you are comfortable with and what you can handle and just go with it and just keep showing up and keep doing it because baby steps are fine. It doesn't have to be some overnight success story, you know? Gosh. And I would even argue, not argue. That's a strong word. I don't need to argue anything. We're all friends here. Um, But I think it's easy if we're honest, Becca, like I think for a lot of people, um, you've kind of shown up on the scene in the last like two years for a Mm -hmm. lot. I think it's because of your Instagram stuff. Right. Um, And there is a degree of like, oh, look at her. Mm-hmm. She has this huge Instagram following and they're growing so fast and right. blah, blah, blah. Like all these things as though you are this overnight success. I'm not. I mean, this is 11 years in the making. <laughs> yeah, it's like I if you talk always... to that girl in, in, the, in the truck, would she ever have been like, wait, 10 years from now is how long this is going to take? Right. Exactly. But it's those, you know, it, it's that it's like going back to what we said at the beginning, it's like, just keep showing up, you know, like I remember sitting on, and I always tell my girls this, that work at Hale House. I'm like, no, I would sit on this cold, hard metal pink stool and just wait for people to come in, you know, but that's just part of it. You know, like my mother-in-law says, like, you got to pay your dues. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Okay, so I want to circle back to something that I really think you were so good with. And if I were to say that there is any one thing that from an outside perspective um, that I think is really worth learning from Becca and Hale House of a hundred things you could learn today. um, The one that is so great is the way that you understand your customer. Um, Like, at least it seems like you're just so in her head. Now, I do want to ask first, are you Hale House's perfect customer? Yeah, for sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what has, like how, you didn't start with this like super clear understanding. How did you um, even land on the idea of really serving like this one customer so well? What did that look like for you? Gosh, I mean, I, I kind of like, this is a tough question. Um, I would say buy what you love, love, love. Like as a buyer, when I go into something, I, I mean, it's just like anything else that you love. Like if you have like a favorite wine or if you have a favorite lip gloss, like you're going to go on and on about it to your friends when you love the product that you sell or or not, not sell, but like that you, that you use. Okay. So like for me, when I go to market, if I get super excited about something, like I know in my heart, in my gut, like that's going to be it. Like if I love Mm -hmm. this pink blazer or I love these jeans, like I want to feel so like I want, I want it to excite me enough that I can, you know, get hyped up and then I can hype up my employees about it. Um, 
so yeah, so that's why I would say, yes, I am my customer, you know, my store's like perfect customer, if you will. Um, but yeah, I think there's like this, um, you know, misconception that you should, you know, people are like, oh, don't buy for yourself, buy for your customer. And it's, it's what your customer will buy. That was always so hard for me. Um, I didn't believe in that for my own, like for me, that might work mm -hmm. for other people, but just not, not for me. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, can be really, really solid advice. I think where it, it becomes the question is, understanding like being self-aware enough to know that customer mm -hmm. and know yourself and start to see like where there might be differences between the two. Um, right. And, you know, like in a boutique world, will your customer wear a skirt slightly shorter than you would, even if the styles are the same, they're just slightly different. Um, but in your instance where they are so similar, that is an amazing way to buy. And, and for that, um, the, the advice I typically love to give to a boutique owner where she's different from her perfect customer is mm -hmm. like, see it like it's your best friend and yeah. you are going on a shopping trip for her and uh -huh. you need that excitement that Becca talks about. It would literally be like if you saw something for your best friend, even if oh, you wouldn't God. wear it, you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't wait to text a picture of this. She's going to yeah. go crazy. No, that's that a really thing. good way to think about it. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they don't have to always love pink. I buy blue sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. A light shade of blue that works okay, with pink. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so in the for those with brick and mortar stores, I think one of the huge challenges is fulfilling from a storefront. Um, and this idea of like, you know, someone, Susie's buying it online, but then Jennifer's in the dressing room trying on that dress. Um, how, did you struggle with that at any point with Hill House? Oh my gosh, I still struggle with that with Hale House. <laughs> I feel like it's a struggle that I can't ever get rid of. Um, but yeah, so we finally, so this year we decided, okay, we are going to split our inventory. Um, and in theory, that to us sounded like an awesome idea and it still really does. But, um, you know, of course it still oversells, it crosses, yada, yada. Um, but we did open a warehouse this year. Um, so we now have everything shipped to the warehouse and then we break it up. So um, usually like one to two packs will go to the store and um, yeah, we're still trying to figure out that magic number, <laughs> what, mm -hmm. how it doesn't oversell. And um, yeah, it, it's just, I don't know anybody with that's growing like this. I'm sure will I think would relate. It's just, there's, Hard, it's hard finding that magic number. Mm -hmm. Are you glad that you didn't have a warehouse when you launched your your newer website? Uh, yeah, for sure. Because I didn't need it. I didn't need the warehouse yet. I didn't. Um, I mean, finally, there was a point where, you know, when I went from buying like one to two packs of something and to like, you know, four to six to eight packs of something, it's like all in the... <laughs> in the hallway we're all jumping over each other to try to get to it we're like okay we need some more space here so yeah and so how did you know like all right we we need to finally do this because you were expanding the store at a similar time what was right. there like a straw that broke the camel's back or was it planned well in advance what went into that decision um 
Yeah, I would say the straw that broke the camel's back was definitely the space. Like we finally just like grew out of space. Um, but then it was nice to to have a place to go, you know, to put it, to organize it, to, um, and then really just one of our biggest issues that we, you know, and I'm going back to the baby steps here because, um, you know, we would sell out of everything. I mean, it was such a great problem to have, but it felt like such a waste of time when you would photograph it, take a boom in it, edit the picture, um, upload it, take the measurements, size it, price it, enter it. I mean, you girls know what it's about. And it's it's a lot of work for, you know, one item that, you know, that you only have six of or 12 and it sells out overnight and you're like, well, great, you know? So it's like, okay, well, if it sells out in one night, how much do I need to buy so it can, you know, be on my site for at least a week, two weeks, you know, tops. But um, yeah, so that is the, this, you know, it was a lot of baby steps, you know, to get to that, but it's so nice to know that I have the space to hold it somewhere. Um, but it does give me like really high anxiety when I've got, you know, a warehouse full of boxes and I'm like, oh, these aren't even photographed yet. It's just oh money gosh. sitting in bins. But yeah. I think a lot of people feel very, very similar to that. So oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's fun, right? <laughs> All right. Well, this has been incredible. Um, so last thing, if you know, last earlier asked you if that newbie sent you that message, what would you say to focus on? If you got a DM right now from someone just pumped and ready to go, ready to grow, but they just don't, they want that like one piece of advice. What would be that one thing right now that you'd leave them with? Well, if you know me, I would just ramble on and on and on. And I couldn't just give you one thing to, to do, <laughs> but um, I would just say, follow your heart, follow your gut trust God and, um, don't give up. Don't stop. Yeah. I don't I know. If that's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Becca, thanks for being here. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for having me. And just, yeah, I hope that I can be helpful in some way. I don't know. <laughs> well, do me a favor. Um, if you enjoyed the episode one, of course, share it with a friend, share it to your stories or, um, whatever you want to do there, leave a review for the show. That's how you help us in helping make sure that other people can find it and be served by it. But Becca, I have zero doubt that people um, are going to be served by this episode. And, and yeah, and so I hope it was fun for you. If you want to, um, if you want to find Hale House, you can go um, to shophalehouse.com. We'll put it in the show notes. If you are ever in Fort Worth, Texas, um, the greatest city in the world. You need to go to her store uh, on Camp Bowie on the bricks and yeah, uh, yeah swing in and say hi and Me let too. her know that Retail Initiative brought you by. So thanks again, Becca. Thank you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. Before you go, I don't know if you're anything like the retailers that I talk to, but a lot feel like growing online sales is like running on a hamster wheel uh, where you're running and you're running and you're running, but you're not gaining the traction that you'd hope. And yet some make it look really, really easy. And what is it about those people? Uh, well, after working with over 250 retailers to grow their online sales, I've put together the five key strategies of seven-figure retail, uh, all in a free on-demand training that as a listener of this show, I'd love to offer you. Uh, you can get access 
to this exclusive training at secretsofretail.com slash podcast. Again, that's secretsofretail.com slash podcast. See you there.